and welcome to the Think Like an Innovator podcast. I am Paul Sloan and in each episode I tell you the stories of great thinkers, leaders and innovators. We explore what motivated them and the approaches they used. We do this in order to draw out some inspiration and lessons that we can profit from. The stories are based on my book Think Like an Innovator, published by Pearson. Alexander Graham Bell was responsible for many groundbreaking discoveries, including most notably the invention of the telephone. He made significant improvements in communication for the deaf. He was born in Edinburgh, Scotland, where he attended university. His father was a teacher of elocution, and his mother, despite being very deaf, was an accomplished pianist. The young boy would press his mouth close to his mother's forehead so that she could feel the vibration of his words. He taught at his father's school for the deaf in London before emigrating to North America in 1870. Two years later, he opened a school in Boston to train teachers of those with impaired hearing. Bell dreamt of inventing a machine that would help the deaf to hear. He experimented with the vibrations and transmission of sound. He was assisted by a skilled electrician, Thomas Watson. Bell eventually found that he could transmit sounds using electric currents. Speech waves caused a diaphragm to vibrate, and this varied the current flowing in wires attached to the instrument. The US Patent Office issued a patent in Bell's name for the telephone on 7th of March 1876. Three days later the invention worked. Bell knocked over a flask of fluid and shouted into the device, Mr. Watson, come here, I want you. Watson heard the words. It was the world's first telephone call. Bell carried out a series of public demonstrations and lectures to introduce the telephone to the public and to the scientific community. People were amazed when they heard live voices from far away. The Bell Telephone Company was founded in 1877. In the same year, Bell married Mabel Hubbard, a deaf woman who had been a pupil at his school. In due course, the popularity of the telephone exploded. His engineers added a microphone, one of Thomas Edison's inventions, which meant there was no longer any need to shout into the telephone in order to be heard. By 1886, more than 150,000 people in the USA owned telephones. Other individuals and companies had worked on ideas like the telephone, but Bell pipped them to the post. His success spurred resentment. The Bell Company faced over 580 court challenges concerning patents for the invention. Five went to the US Supreme Court. None was successful. Bell was a great believer in experimentation. He always wanted to leave the beaten path. He said, we should not keep forever on the public road, going only where others have gone. We should leave the beaten track occasionally and enter the woods. Every time you do that, you'll be certain to find something that you have never seen before. Bell carried out important research in other technical fields, including optical communications, hydrofoils and aeronautics. He held 18 patents when he died in 1922. After his death, the entire telephone system throughout North America was shut down for one minute in tribute to the man. Insights for innovators. Copy an idea from nature. 
Bell studied deafness and the workings of the human ear. The diaphragm in the telephone was based on the diaphragm in the human ear. Many other great innovations and designs have their basis in the workings of nature. Big companies can miss opportunities. At an early stage, Bell and his partners offered to sell the telephone patent outright to the large telegraph company Western Union for $100,000. Western Union declined because they saw little commercial potential in the invention. Two years later, the president of Western Union, admitting his mistake, said the patent was worth $25 million. But by then, the Bell Company no longer wanted to sell. If you have a truly great and original idea, then patent it. The cost and effort are considerable, but it is sometimes the best way to protect your intellectual property, especially if it's a specific and novel technical solution. In other cases, keeping a trade secret for example the formula for Coca-Cola, or simply speed to market, are better options. Incidentally, did you know that in order to recognise Alexander Graham Bell's contributions to science, the standard unit for the intensity of sound waves was named the Bell in the 1920s. The decibel, which is one-tenth of a bell, is the most commonly used metric today for measuring the magnitude of sound. On the 3rd of September 1928, Scottish doctor and bacteriologist Alexander Fleming returned from holiday to his laboratory. He sorted through a large stack of petri dishes that had accumulated before he had gone away. He had been researching into the flu virus. He noticed that one contained a mould that had killed the bacteria in the dish. In other dishes the bacteria continued to thrive. That's funny, he thought. He investigated the mould carefully and grew it in a pure culture. He found that it killed a number of bacteria that caused diseases. He called it penicillin, after the Latin for mould. It was the first antibiotic and would transform the treatment of infections and save countless millions of lives. He later said, when I woke up just after dawn on September day in 1928, I certainly didn't plan to revolutionise all medicine by discovering the world's first antibiotic or bacteria killer. But I suppose that is exactly what I did. Fleming was born in 1881 in Ayrshire, the son of a farmer. He moved to London at the age of 13 and trained as a doctor. He was a brilliant student. He qualified with distinction in 1906 and began research at St Mary's Hospital Medical School at the University of London. In 1908 he won the gold medal as the top medical student. In the First World War Fleming served in the Army Medical Corps and was mentioned in dispatches. He worked as a bacteriologist studying wound infections. He studied antiseptics and their use in open wounds and was one of the first clinicians to advise medical staff that it might be safer to use saline solutions for cleaning large open wounds. After the war he returned to St Mary's. Fleming published his discovery of penicillin in 1929 in the British Journal of Experimental Pathology, but no one seemed to notice. 
Throughout the 1930s he continued to experiment with penicillin but found that it was difficult to cultivate in any quantity. Eventually the Australian Howard Florey and Ernst Chain, a refugee from the Nazis in Germany, at the Radcliffe Infirmary in Oxford found a way to mass-produce the antibiotic and it was used widely to save the lives of wounded servicemen in the Second World War. Fleming wrote many papers on bacteriology, immunology and chemotherapy. He became a professor at the University of London. He was knighted in 1944. In 1945 Fleming, Florey and Chain shared the Nobel Prize in Medicine. Fleming died of a heart attack in 1955. Insights for innovators. Welcome the unexpected. Most people would have cleared out all the old Petri dishes and ignored a strange mouldy fungus. But Fleming was curious. He seized the serendipitous moment and investigated the unusual occurrence. Great innovators are always inquisitive and see unexpected results as opportunities for learning and discovery. You cannot do it all on your own. Fleming needed the help of Florey and Chain to turn his discovery into something that could be used for large-scale treatment of diseases. Together their work has saved millions of lives. Before antibiotics, small infections could lead to amputations or death. Fleming did not keep his discovery to himself. He published it and worked with others to change the world. And finally, do not be too tidy. Being messy can sometimes help. If Fleming had cleaned all his equipment before leaving for holiday, he would not have discovered penicillin. If everything in your office is neat and tidy, that helps you find things. But you might lose out on the random associations that can sometimes trigger great ideas. If you like these short podcast stories, then please consider the book Think Like an Innovator by Paul Sloan, published by Pearson on which all of these stories are based.